Together, we can achieve greatness starting at the bargaining table. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny because that's a whole lot of way around to say uh, we need Apple to break us off if they want to continue making products and selling them uh, yeah. in these stores. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Games, aka Brother Tech. And this is Nico Mumford, aka Tech Savvy Eva. And we are back with another episode of the Snob OS Show, the show for Apple snobs, when we talk all things Apple and then some. This is episode 178. Uh, we've been at it for a minute, so we want to thank all those people who have been riding with us since the beginning. And any newcomers, uh, if you are a newcomer and you want to support the show, you definitely can join our snobbist community. If you go to patreon.com forward slash cast, you can join via Patreon and support us financially so we can keep this show going. So uh, we do want to thank you for our current Patreon supporters. We just recorded our exclusive pre-show to where we talked about some things that you won't find on the actual published show that comes out every Friday. So if you want that extra content, definitely become a Patreon supporter. So having said that, we're actually going to jump into this week's show. We start every show with the lowdown. We talk all things Apple. So this first story, um, there's been news going around that the new iOS 16 is going to have some extra special HomeKit capabilities that older devices like the specifically what we're talking about is the iPads. Not only will they not get some of the new features that just generally comes with iOS 16, which is why I actually upgraded to an M1 iPad Air, but also some of those older iPads. There have been rumors. There have been some tech people who have done some research, did some digging into some Apple code and found out or discovered that maybe some of the older iPads will not work as a HomeKit hub. For for those who are not familiar, HomeKit is Apple's smart home technology that enables you to smart lights, smart cameras, all the smart stuff that goes into your house. The way they did that was to use a Apple TV or a HomePod or an iPad that serves as the hub that's always connected to the internet. So there were a lot of people that are probably currently right now using an old iPad that just sits on the stand somewhere. It's always plugged in. It's always turned on. Nobody owns it. It just sits there and they use that as their HomeKit hub. Well, rumors came out that when iOS 16 drops, that old iPad will stop working as your HomeKit hub and you'll have to either go out and buy Apple TV or a HomePod in order to switch that to the HomeKit hub. Well, it uh, looks like Apple came out and said, yeah, yes and no. So no to the fact that the older iPads will stop working as a HomeKit hub. But the catch is if you upgrade that older iPad to iOS 16, yes, it'll stop working. So that I just wanted to clear that up with the people out there. 
to where if you have an older, right, right, right. If you have an older iPad and you're using that exclusively as your home kit hub, you probably want to leave that on iOS 15 and don't upgrade it. Cause the second you upgrade it to iOS 16, it will lose that home cut home hub compatibility due to some new, newfangled architecture. Um, I'll go ahead and read this from, uh, The Verge. Uh, let's see, uh, Apple spokesperson Catherine Franklin says, alongside these releases, the home app will introduce a new architecture for an even more efficient and reliable experience because iPad will not be supported as a home hub with the new architecture. Users who rely on iPad for that purpose do not need to update to the home architecture and can, and can continue enjoying all existing features. So all she said was a nice way to say, don't update your home, your <laughs> iPad so you can keep using it as the hub. So, uh, so what, go ahead. Go ahead. So I was going to say, I wonder, I'm trying to figure out the logic behind this. Is it they, I know we've talked about before, you know, your iPad and your MacBook are, you know, pretty similar. Is this a way to differentiate that, uh, the iPad and the laptop as we spoke before, or is it because they are, um, are they, are they trying to, I guess, close a loop on the way HomeKit is done? I'm just, it's, it's, it's interesting why they would take this functionality away when it's been there so long. I, it's, it's, I'm, a, I'm a little perplexed as to right. why, what the, why the switch happens and, and, and what their ultimate goal for this is. Well, uh, according to Apple, um, according to the story that we're reading in The Verge, Apple has been very vague. All they say is some sort of new architecture. They keep referring to this new architecture that's more efficient and reliable, especially for homes with many accessories. So I don't, the only way I can read Are they into coming that, up with a hub, a, a whole new piece of hardware? N- no, no. Uh, but what they want people to do is probably switch over to using a HomePod as a hub. And they are supposed to be allegedly new HomePods coming out this fall. Right. Maybe so that's where got, they're trying to shift people to. So you got the HomePod mini that can act as a hub. You got the old Big Daddy HomePod, if the rumors are true, they got a new HomePod coming out that can act as a hub. And then Apple TVs, the Apple TV uh, HD, the Apple TV 4K, both of those can serve as a HomePod hub. So I'm guessing... um They're trying to force the, traffic to those other devices. Right, right. Because I'm assuming these old iPads are just old. Because if you think... Even I, I mean, personally, I've got twenty or so devices that are HomeKit enabled that are constantly doing stuff, and the iPads maybe they just can't—they're just too old and they, they can't up. hang, they can't keep up. So you know, these newer devices, the Apple TVs and the HomePods, I guess, are better suited for it. And then even when Apple um, joins or integrates this new Matter. Uh, standardization for uh, smart homes, maybe the matter specifications or specs, the iPads just don't work with that. So they're like, all right, well, let's get them, let's get them off of that now 
So when we let's prepare this, them for what's to right, come. Right. Right. When we drop this whole matter thing, yeah. you know, um, then everybody be ready. To, we won't have to worry about people legacy devices. Right. Right. Uh, so thanks. Thank Charles in our chat, who is a Patreon subscriber to that brought up the matter thing. That makes a good point because my guess is matter may not support those old, old, old iPads rather. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the second story I had is it looks like, um, Apple's workforce, specifically in Maryland, specifically in one store in Maryland <laughs> has decided to unionize. And they have successfully been certified as a official union. So now the next step is to uh, request that Apple come to the table and bargain on some sort of agreement between Apple, the company, and these retail employees in Towson, Maryland, where I know exactly where that is because I used to go there when we lived in Maryland. Um, the group will be known as I am core. And now that the art certification is in can meet with Apple management to negotiate its first contract. And <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> I'm going to read the quotes because it's so funny. Um, and I'll explain why the IAM core and the new member, the IAM and the new members of IAM core in Towson, Maryland look forward to bargaining with Apple and obtaining a strong first contract that makes positive changes for Apple workers and the customers are, they are proud to serve. I am core members feel that the opportunity, opportunity to collectively bargain with Apple will enhance their workplace and continue to advance Apple's standing as one of the world's most innovative companies. I am core continues to organize from coast to coast to bring a greater voice on the job of Apple on the job to Apple workers. Um, let me read this other one. Uh, we look forward to sitting down with Apple to help improve our workplace and enhance our customer service capabilities. Our goal is to make Apple the number one company in the world and number one work, work and the number one workplace in the world. Together, we can achieve greatness starting at the bargaining table. <laughs> now, I just thought that was so funny because that's a whole lot of way around to say, uh, we need Apple to break us off. If they want to continue making products and selling them uh, yeah. in these stores and we got more people coming, that's going to more stores are going to uh, unionize. So y'all better come correct now because it's going to become a problem later. <laughs> that's the way I yeah. read that in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, a thin, a thinly veiled threat, honestly. Mm -hmm. But what I'm interested about is how they're going about the unionization. We know that when Amazon workers are trying to unionize, they pretty much had a a huge force and they were simultaneously doing it around the country at different locations at the same time. Mm -hmm. With this one particular store, it's mm -hmm. not the whole city of Townsend. Mm -hmm. It's not the whole state of Maryland. Mm -hmm. It's just this one particular store. Mm -hmm. And they say that they have other people coming on board but the fact that they haven't, I guess, made themselves known, I mean, it would be pretty crappy of Apple just to kind of shut down the store because that would make them look like crappy people. But mm -hmm. it's one of those things where they are, they're assuming to have a whole bunch of leverage as mm -hmm. just a single store mm -hmm. in a single city in a single state. Right. Right. So, uh, which 
may work for them because again, you know, some of the, uh, things that they mentioned, uh, Apple standing as one of the world's most innovative companies. And they also say, um, our goal is to make Apple the number one company in the world and number one workplace in the world because that's what Apple currently, um, promotes. They mm-hmm. currently promote themselves as the best place for employees. When you go into an Apple store, the vibe is different than going to a Walmart, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, uh, you, you can go in. Of course, it's everybody's there. So it may take a little bit of time to get your, your, you know, uh, any issues you have had those resolved, but the people are generally nice. The stores are clean. You know, everything looks right. Everything is nice, right? So Apple kind of touts itself on that. So for this union, for this store, for them to say, all right, we want to continue to make Apple this number one place, the happy place where everybody loves their products. You know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a shame <laughs> to, that not be the case. You don't want that bad publicity. So they're, they're, yeah. they're, the le- all the leverage that they have is the idea. PR aspect of it. Exactly. Because Apple is nothing but a huge PR machine, right? So it would be a shame for one little company or one little store, one little group to kind of mess that all up, right? So they're saying, all right, Apple, if y'all want to continue, to tout yourselves as the number one place, do business with us. Don't, don't, don't play us to the side, you know? Yeah. I think, I think for this particular group, it may be a good thing, but for everybody else, I could see this really causing problems because now is Apple going to have to negotiate with every single Apple store union? Is there not some broader union like the auto worker union that covers all auto workers? Right, so right. it like, again, I guess the first, the, the first one to kind of step up to the plate, they right. get the biggest benefit. And unfortunately, right. everybody else is going to kind of be stuck in that same mold and may suffer some of the unintended consequences of this. Right. But, but that's the challenge, right? Uh, you, you made, a, you, you made a good point to say the first people to do it, you know, most likely they are betting on the fact this I am core group are betting on the fact that other stores will join them. Mm-hmm. Versus creating their own, I ain't core in Baltimore, <laughs> in Baltimore, in, you know, a DC mm-hmm. or whatever in Georgia or whatever, whatever, where you got every store has their own union, you know, yeah. that may dilute what they're trying to do, right? So different goals, the, different agendas, because the needs in Maryland may not be may the not same be needs in Georgia. In right, right, yeah. right. So they run that risk of diluting themselves. So, are turning other people off from doing this, right, from joining possibly, the union. Possibly, right. So the only way they, like you mentioned, well, like we mentioned before, the only way they really have leverage is if everybody buys in. If everybody doesn't buy in, then they may not be able to negotiate whatever. The, they may not be able to maximize their opportunity with right. Apple if everybody's doing their own little thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. All right, so that was it for that story. Uh, the last one I had is uh, I am a T-Mobile member. Uh, my family, we are a T-Mobile family, and Apple has been pretty big on data protection. We're not selling your data. We keep it on the device. We don't save your data on our servers, and if we do, 
We don't have access to it. You got to use two factor authentication. You got to jump through all these hoops to access your own data, you know, so and going a step further, we make it harder for companies like Facebook, companies like Instagram, social media, all these other websites. We make it, we added all these tools to make your data even safer. So much so <laughs> that T-Mobile was like, yeah, we're just not even going to play this game, even though iPhone data is so juicy, even though it'll give us a lot of information, uh, we just are not going to even try. But even if they're not going to try, uh, there's a way that iPhone users can actually go in and request and say, hey, I know you're not even going to try, but I want to make sure that you know that customers can opt out of this new quote unquote tracking program that T-Mobile has dropped. So App Insights T is called. Yeah, it's called App Insights. And basically what T-Mobile is doing is saying, hey, this App Insights is what is the bread and butter that's going to get us to be able to work with these marketers and these advertisers. And that's the information that these marketers and advertisers need. So if you want to get the lowdown on our customers' information via this app insights, you may want to look at that. But uh don't even worry about the Apple people because <laughs> that's not even the <laughs> that's the, we're not even gonna jump the through these information through this information. So basically, uh T Mobile isn't alone in this kind of data collection. I'm reading from this story I found in iDrop News. It's just coming late to the party. AT&T and Verizon have been doing this for years. And naturally, they tout this as a good thing, promising that the data you give them will help the carriers do wonderful things for you and the world around you. And, you know, quite possibly there's some truth to that. But um, the the the, uh, the app metrics advertisers care about it, so on and so forth. But the fact that Apple, like I said, put in those extra tools that actually, for instance, the one that's more popular. You see the commercials to where the people click the button, ask, ask app, do not track. And mm -hmm. then all your information just magically disappears from all these people. You know, um, the T Mike, Mike Peralta, who has T-Mobile's ad revenue group, says the carrier is kicking the tires on trying to figure out how to make, how to make iOS work with this app insights product and overall businesses. <laughs> but they haven't been able to do so because, like I said, Apple has locked their phones down so much right. that T-Mobile's like, yeah, we can try, but um, we're not we don't know too, how successful it's going to be. <laughs> right. yeah. We're not too confident in right. that result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just wanted to put that out there. And there are some ways um, for T-Mobile users to preemptively opt out of this program, whether or not you know, app, they, they are sure that Apple will uh, collect, protect their data or not. So basically you got to uh, download, you actually have to download the choices app from the app store. Then you open the app and go to view my data. And then you got to tap, do not sell my data at the bottom to opt out of all tracking. You may also want to tap delete my data to remove any data that the current carrier already has stored about your device. So basically <laughs> T-Mobile was like, look, we may try to get your data, mm -hmm. but we know Apple don't play that. So if you want to, just go ahead. We're just going to make it easier for you to just get out of it now 
So we ain't got to hear your mouth later right. <laughs> when we try to get no it. class action lawsuit <laughs> for us. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, so, yeah, that's all the stories I have for the lowdown. Uh, we're going to move into second string where we talk all things tech. And these next couple of stories that I have basically relates to if you haven't been sleeping under a rock, you know, the Supreme Court just the Supreme Court has reversed Roe v. Wade, which puts which which pushes abortion rights back into the states. So it's up to the states to decide whether or not they're going to make abortion legal, whether or not they're going to prosecute for people, so on and so forth. This, since this is a tech show, I wanted to highlight a couple of stories to where how big tech kind of comes into play with all of this. So the first story I have is Amazon is actually limiting plan B purchases after a demand spike. So obviously, um, people react to this type of news. One of the ways that people react is specifically women who are concerned about their rights, rightfully so. One of the things they've been doing is arming themselves with as much information, with as much data, and with as much products as possible. So they've been flocking to Amazon, they've been flocking to merchants, and they've been getting their hands similar to how when gun rights advocates, when they think something's coming down the pike, they go out and buy a bunch of guns. They go out buy and buy a bullets. bunch of bullets. Yeah. They buy all this equipment because they're concerned that somebody's going to quote unquote take their rights. Well, actuality. We, women have people, had their rights act, taken. Right, right. <laughs> have had their rights taken. So you can imagine people are panicking, freaking out, or just making sure they're prepared and they're going out and buying, um, um, uh, Plan B and Aftera. Uh, so they've been flooding CBS, they've been flooding Rite Aid, and they've been flooding Amazon, which a lot of people order stuff on Amazon. So as a result, Amazon is limiting customers to three units of emergency contraceptive pills a, a week in response to the spike in demand after Supreme Court ended federal abortion rights, the company told CNBC. On the Amazon website, users can only select up to a quantity of three for Plan B. But as of this publication, we're reading the story out of The Verge. The website shows an option to select up to 30 units of my choice, another brand of emergency contraceptive. So I wanted to talk about this because it's interesting to me. And, I, you know, I definitely want your input on this. It's crazy how when the like I mentioned before, gun rights advocates, when they feel that their rights are being threatened, they run out and buy all this information, all these guns, all these bullets. I don't really recall hearing companies as a result limiting what they can and can't buy when it comes to guns. Additionally, <laughs> additionally, I don't recall just out, just out of sheer uh, when you, when you remove supply and demand, you just don't have it, right? I don't recall Amazon specifically, since we're talking about Amazon. I don't recall them limiting the amount of toilet paper, the amount of hand sanitizer, the amount of Lysol, the amount of masks when it came to people flocking to get, um, coronavirus materials. They didn't say, Hey, we're only limited to my knowledge. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember this visceral reaction 
from companies like Amazon in response to a big uh, shift in society like this. So correct me if I'm wrong. And then definitely I want to get your input as well. You're not wrong. And you're not wrong because none of those things get to control a woman and tell her what to do. Right. Um, Right. And it doesn't give people the moral high ground taking, you know, trying to take away their guns. They know one, they're going to have to deal with the gun lobby. If there was any type of limiting of purchasing, they don't want those problems. Right. Right. Two, with the, when we were going through the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone was buying up things, there were some stores that would say, okay, you can only buy a couple of rolls of toilet paper, that kind of thing. But there was nothing on a scale like this. And personally, I'm a little conflicted because I think people need to be able to buy what they need in anticipation, especially since the pill has a shelf life of four Mm -hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, uh, quite a bit of time to be able to have something if you need it. But on the flip side, I know capitalism and I know that people mm-hmm. are typically trash. Right. It does, it does give people the, it does kind of level the playing field where as some people who have the capital, they would go in and buy up all the supply. Mm-hmm. They would go into CVS. There mm-hmm. would be say 500 plan B pills. They buy all 500 and they try to resell them and mark Mm -hmm. up the price, putting women at an even bigger disadvantage that our reproductive rights have been stripped away from all of us. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's, it's hard to be on firmly on either side of this because Mm -hmm. I can see both sides. Yes, it's trash that they are limiting. The purchases, but also I could see it as a way as a benefiting women, especially uh, minority to making sure or stuff poor is women, available. to making sure yeah. that everyone has equal access. Right. So I can see it from from that angle. I don't think that people who are putting these and putting these things in place are thinking of it from the angle that helps women, because let's be honest, lots of people <laughs> hate women, but right. at the same time, it is. If it's a, if it's an unintended benefit uh, for women, then that's what it is. Right, right. Unintended being the operative word. Right. <laughs> all right, all right. So moving on to the next story, uh, Facebook and Instagram will remove posts offering abortion pills. Meta cites its policy on pharmaceutical drugs. Um, uh, following the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade, social media users have shared posts offering to mail abortion pills to people whose access to abortion has been stripped away or will be soon. Um, now, all of a sudden, uh, Facebook has decided they can remove to, posts easily. They they decided to get proactive again to compare to compare and contrast. I remember when uh, um, Donald Trump. And people spreading all this information about the big lie, the big steal, whatever you want to call it, the voter fraud, the, ver- the, the all that information. Dismiss information in general. All I of remember, that. I remember Facebook the having racist. such a touch, uh, such a tough time trying to decide what they were going to do with all this Free information. Speech. As it relates to all these things, they had a tough time. They couldn't figure out what they were going to do. Were Mm. they going to limit it? Uh, I think uh, Zuckerberg came out and said, you know, we are not going to decide between 
uh, Republicans and Democrats, you know, free speech, all these things to kind of remove themselves from the responsibility of uh, correcting all of this misinformation and, and the like, right? But now all of a sudden, when it comes down to people deciding to help other women specifically um, find out the safest way possible or just giving them options to have control of their own bodies. Now Facebook has all of a sudden decided this is the line. This is the hard line. This is what we're going to decide. So, and like I said, they uh, quote a, their own policies uh, again. Meta did not policies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, a meta, sp- meta spokesperson, Andy Stone tweeted on Monday that content that attempts to buy, sell, trade, gift, request or donate pharmaceuticals is not allowed. Stone says that posts containing information on the affordability and accessibility prescription medication is allowed and that the company was correcting instances of incorrect enforcement. Again, that sounds nice, but I don't remember them. (laughs) I don't remember them being this straightforward when it came to indecisive. Uh, right. And decisive of all of the political misinformation that was being spread. That was equally as damaging. But now, all of sudden, so. but now all of a sudden they know exactly what's right and what's wrong. So I just thought I just thought that was interesting. Again, like I said, I'm just so disgusted. I am just so disgusted. Right. In general, <laughs> but even more with Facebook and their wishy washy. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can do this. We can't do this. We have to bet it. We have to really do our due diligence. And in this mm-hmm. article that you're referencing from The Verge, a test was done by a Verge reporter. And two minutes after posting the uh, uh, a status about offering abortion pills, they were flagged. So right. it not it convenient how quickly? Right. But conversely, before you get done, the story also says... Uh, another test, speaking of tests, the sale, gifting, and transfer of firearms and marijuana are also prohibited under the same section mm-hmm. of Meta's restrictive goods policy that mm-hmm. bans pharmaceutical. Yet, tests posted by uh, Associated Press that offer to mail guns and weed were not removed. Mm-hmm. A similar test by The Verge offering to mail cannabis wasn't immediately removed by Facebook. People sell cannabis all the time on social media. It's obvious, it's in your face, and nobody has a problem. But again, this has nothing to do with controlling a woman's body, so it's okay. It's right, fine. Right, no right. one has a problem. There has it's to be something busted. else that these companies are jumping through all these hoops to do all these restrictions it has to be something more because, like we mentioned, the same restrictions, the same blocks, the same stops, the same, the same limits were not put on other things. But all of a sudden, now all these big so tech swiftly. companies, they, they can move so fast to, to shut this stuff down. I wonder why. And it's a rhetorical question because you already mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted yep. to, I, that was more this, this, ironic that these tech companies are jumping in this fight so swiftly uh when in the past they've kind of been like eh. <laughs> in the words of Alanis Morissette 
Isn't it ironic? Right, right. <laughs> All right, so we're going to shift off of that talk because it's kind of it's kind of depressing. depressing. Yeah, yeah. Imagine uh, being a woman and having lived through it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, let's move to um, other depressing stuff, China. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> An FCC commissioner has called on both Apple and Google to delete TikTok from their respective app stores, giving companies until July 8th to respond. It's not clear what measures the FCC might take if the companies do not comply. Uh, this goes all the way back to 2020. I hate to say it. Um, when it Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah, when Donald Trump was like, yo, uh, TikTok is owned by China. We don't want China all up in our business. And everybody was like, shut your face. <laughs> we don't <laughs> like, like you. We don't like you. <laughs> shut your face. So, he, you know, he. Uh, and he only said it because he couldn't get access. Right, right. <laughs> don't uh, don't misconstrue the, the messenger. Yes. Right, 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 right. We're still going to shoot the messenger. But, you know, fast forward, um, there were some. Um, uh, I'll just go ahead and read this. Uh, last week, an alarming new report shed fresh light on the serious national security threats posed by TikTok. As you know, TikTok is an app available to millions of Americans, yada, yada, yada. Uh, TikTok is owned by Beijing-based ByteDance, an organization that is beholden to the Communist Party of China and required by, chi required by Chinese law to comply with the PRC's surveillance demands. Through leaked audio recordings last week, BuzzFeed News reported report uh, BuzzFeed News report revealed that ByteDance officials in Beijing have repeatedly accessed the sensitive data that TikTok, TikTok has collected from Americans after those U.S. users downloaded the app through your app stores. You are being Apple and Google. Everything is seen in China. A TikTok official said in the recordings, despite the fact that TikTok has repeatedly represented that the data it gathers about Americans is stored in the United States. So, I, again, I'm just reading that because when Trump said, hey, China's tripping, y'all might want to get rid of TikTok. TikTok came back and said specifically all the data that American TikTok users use, share, upload stays on American servers and is not accessed by China. Fast forward, BuzzFeed had a news report. Maybe not so much. And the exact opposite is happening. <laughs> they said, quote unquote, everything is seen in China. Indeed, TikTok collects everything from search and browsing histories to keystroke patterns, and biometric identifiers, including face prints, which researchers have said might be used in unrelated facial recognition technology and voice prints. It collects location data as well as draft messages and metadata. Plus, it has collected the text, images, and videos that are stored on a device's clipboard. <laughs> the list of personal and sensitive data it collects goes on from there. This, sh this should come as no surprise, however, within its own borders. The PRC, I guess the People's Republic of China, I think it's what yeah. it is, has developed some, some some of the most invasive and omnipresent surveillance capabilities in the world to maintain author, author, authoritarian control. So China I, is, uh, you know, a dictatorship, right? 
China, yes. Yes. you know, the people of China's rights are primarily and routinely suppressed. Everything, yep. not just their tech, their religion. Yep. Yep. Every, yep. All of it. All of it. Yep. Yep. And, but again, um, our, our being Americans, uh, uh, sensation. Self absorbed. Just sensation with social media is Very really, weird. is really, you know, clouding our judgment as it relates to, you know, I keep, I keep, How don't want to keep beating it. Yeah. Just our data, just our data. Like you mentioned before, like you mentioned before, we are the product. product. TikTok is not the product. We are the product. And clearly by all this information, uh, China is collecting and viewing, you know, the question remains is, can we as Americans with this whole sensation with social media, can we break that? No. In order to control, okay. Well, you you answered the question. I was trying to be. I, that was like you don't even have to go any further when you talk about breaking the connection with Americans mm-hmm. and social media. I don't care what it is. The answer is going to be no because people are invested. People are. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it in the in the for the culture, but people are so desperate to get their content out. Mm-hmm. Even if it's detrimental to them, even if mm-hmm. it makes them look bad, they right. have to get it out there. Right. It's just, it's like an innate need at this point that they have to get it on social media. They have to get everybody's co-sign. They have to get mm-hmm. the engagement. They have to feel seen. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things where similar to where we are in this nation on the political front, we're talking about abortion and um, contraception and all that stuff. We are, are at a point, honestly, I think of no return. There is, there's no going back to pre-social media. Social media right. may not be around forever, but the next reincarnation of social media, trust me, is going to be even worse. So it's right. one of those things where it's, it's so ingrained mm-hmm. in the very DNA mm-hmm. of not just the United States, but of the world, because mm-hmm. TikTok is literally where things started. It used to be Facebook, then it used right. to be Instagram, then it used to be Twitter. Now it's mm-hmm. TikTok. Everything starts on TikTok and it mm-hmm. makes its way down to the mm-hmm. other social media sites. And we're talking about millions and hundreds of millions of, of likes and shares and comments. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the sheer volume of people that not only share their content, but comment on the content. Mm-hmm. Read whatever their version of retweet the comment it, the mm-hmm. content is it's all it's and now that money's involved you can monetize mm-hmm. it it just mm-hmm. makes it you just dig even further down the rabbit hole and if you remember we talked about it on our show that um there was talk of a US company buying TikTok and mm-hmm. splitting Microsoft, it off yeah, yeah Microsoft Oracle, was in the talks yeah yeah of of buying it to make sure that the data stay in the US you see that completely fizzled and no one has said a word other than when uh, the former guy was trying to disband it. All these mm-hmm. people are going to buy it. And then it just went poof. Right. Right. And I don't think uh, China would have, I think if let's just say, and maybe, so let me back up. Probably the reason why it fizzled was because of the person who kind of called for it. 
you know, shoot, shoot the messenger, right? Nobody took what he was saying seriously, even though the situation fast forward to now is, was pretty serious, right? Even if, let's just say, for instance, we did, uh, we as Americans and our government did take it seriously and kind of intervened and pushed this deal through to where, you know, one of these tech companies did put forth a legitimate effort to buy TikTok. Based on what I just read with all the data that China's collecting and seeing and viewing, you think China would have let them sell that? Even if it wasn't this amount of data, China owns it. And we know that the U.S. and the Chinese have a very contentious relationship. They were not going to let that come out from under their umbrella. I don't care how much money you do at them. Because Mm -hmm. let's face it, China already has all the money. Right, right. They already have the money. Power and influence is is their probably stock and trade at this point because they have all the money. Everybody in the world owes them money. Mm-hmm. So it's not about money at this point to me. Right, right. So I guess the question is, well, you, I've already asked it. You already answered it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where do we go from here? Do we, do we, <laughs> do we go to something else? Do, and you know, since, t- since, since our, our connection with social media, like you mentioned, is so ingrained that it's hard to envision people leaving social media in general. Do we encourage people to get another app? Do we get them to push back to uh, on the American side of TikTok to make a harder division between American data on the app and what the Chinese can and can't see? I mean, is there any scenario that improves this um this current situation because that seems kind of serious all the the data that china has access to on americans that's a lot of data especially like you mentioned when all the millions of people are using it and they're making money off of it you know that's just more data and more data and more data it's like is it a hopeless situation i actually personally went and deleted first requested that my account be deleted and then I deleted the app, but I'm just one so person. I have, yeah. I have a, I have a TikTok, but I've never posted a single thing on TikTok. Right. I don't, right. Even, be, I don't even open that. But the thing is, unless someone can offer an alternative where they can make as much money mm-hmm. from TikTok, mm-hmm. no, the people who make all the money on TikTok, they're not leaving. They're not leaving. Right. And you got the little kids invested right. in TikTok. I mean, the fits that you would have to deal with as a parent to take your kid off TikTok, I don't think you want them to have a problem. You probably want to fight with China before fighting with their kid on taking their phone, their TikTok. Yeah, I mentioned to my daughters about TikTok and they were like, they looked at me like, yeah, I would, (laughs) like you mentioned, I would have to, while they're asleep, I would have to take their phones, (laughs) get into their accounts and delete the app and, and then be like, uh, when they wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I don't see my TikTok. I'm like, man, that's messed up. <laughs> and, and then, you know, luckily I got it to where they have to ask me through, permission. Uh, look, yeah. Permission be through Apple. I'd be like, Oh man, I didn't get that message for whatever reason, you know, because like you mentioned, you know, um, we are TikTok is one of those heavy hitters, you know, and kids and are in it, man. I don't, in I don't it. see, I don't see us moving i mean again things change you know uh what four years ago there was no such thing as tiktok 
you know, and even but they already have the data now. So honestly, at this point, would pulling it change anything? If you're on TikTok, they already have your they already have your data. Four years of data they have. Right, right, right. So I don't know, man. Uh, it it, it seems serious, but I don't think people. I don't think people are going to take this serious at all. I don't think they all. care. I don't think they care. Yeah. Which they is get sad. their laughs, their jokes, and yeah. their funnies off TikTok. And that's It was a good time. I'll, yeah. I'll admit, like I said, I didn't post anything. You know, I followed, which is why it was easier for me to delete it, because I typically follow the same people that I already follow on Instagram. Not mm-hmm. saying Instagram is any better, because they're collecting, selling, reviewing data in the same shape, form, and fashion. It just seems kind of more important that China is doing it. So I right. guess if I have to draw a line in the sand, I would rather say I'd rather Meta have my data than China. I'm not saying Meta is better, but that much I mean, better, but <laughs> it is slightly you know, better. <laughs> right. So I don't know, man. I just put that out there because I'm like, man, that's serious. But does anybody really care? They're not going to care. All right. All right. Well, enough of that. Uh, we're going to move on to For the Culture, and I'm going to do another either or. So okay. the, I had two stories up here. The first story I had was, do we talk about a, a recap of the horrible <laughs> versus uh, I actually stayed up and watched the whole thing because I was locked in to the train wreck that was <laughs> this versus. Um, do we do we recap that or uh, have you seen this? I've, uh, I've seen them both. I've okay. Seen them both. okay. So, so I didn't I didn't watch the actual verses, but I did see the clips and stuff. And okay. I guess my contribution to this conversation, the show has been pretty heavy. So maybe we keep it light and talk about the train wreck that is the 2000s R&B bad boys. Okay. All right. All right. So my other choice, just so you know, uh, there's a, there was a tweet or, uh, like you mentioned, people being insatiable when it comes to social media. There is a young lady who is arguing with the father of one of her children. He comes over and wants to bring his child, uh, some food from McDonald's, but she is, she calls herself exposing him on the basis that he didn't bring food from McDonald's for all of her kids. She has four total. She has four total. Uh, the guy came, brought food for his child and she quote unquote exposed him on social media for being a terrible father because he didn't bring food for all the kids. So I just wanted to get your, what side are you on? Are you on the mom for having the kids not feel some of the kids not feel neglected or you on the father's side for look, the mother kids ain't my kids. So ultimately that ain't my responsibility, but like you said, she want to keep it light. We're going to talk about the. Uh, I will, I'll give you my opinion. I'm on neither okay. side because they both were wrong. Okay. Oh, it so you said both both wrong. Okay. Gotcha. Both were wrong. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So that that's that's uh, that's that on that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's let's recap the verses. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the latest verses was between the I say the late '90s, 2000s. Is it, is it, was, was it, was, did it come around the late nineties or was it the early 2000s? They, they're probably the late, maybe the late nineties, early 2000s was this, was, was their heyday. Okay. So this latest verses was between Omarion, 
uh, formerly of B2K, who then split off and did his own thing. Right, right. And Mario, who is a R&B, you know, young R&B cat. You little known, little, yeah, little known, but you know, he had his run. He had a couple, couple the kids. The black snowing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, came up in around the same time, had the same type of music. So, you know, they seem to be, seemed to be <laughs> a good matchup, uh, for a versus. And uh, again, the versus, even though the name is versus, it's really supposed to be a celebration of the music. That both of these artists can't uh, did through their time, and for us to be nostalgic and sing all the old songs. Well, and typically they have large catalogs. Typically the they have large verses. catalogs, and typically you would assume that if they sang, they would actually be good singers. Mm. That is <laughs> apparently not the case. <laughs> we had a number one from uh, I joined kind of I joined late, but. Because it was on after we recorded the show. We just finished recording the show. We just finished recording the show. I was exercising. And while I was exhausted from exercising, I was (laughs) looking at my phone and I saw the verses on. So let me tune in while I'm sitting here trying to cool off. And that went from (laughs) me just trying to cool off to three hours later. Pure (laughs) entertainment. Pure train wreck entertainment. So again, and I joined late. They had already been complaining that they had been on an hour or so because either Mario or Amarion or whomever else did not get there on time, started super duper late. Of course. Um, the host of the show was a comedian. Um, uh, what was his name? Um, D-Ray, D-Ray Davis. D-Ray <laughs> Davis was the host of the show and he had to Arbonatic do- Arbonatic as well. Yeah, yeah, but he had to do a whole entire comedic hour to stall while these guys decidedly decided to get there and get started. So when the show started, uh, they had some early acts and all of these. You want to call him? All of these acts. One of the, the main, one of the main people was Ray J. He was the, you know, the one of the main, you know, uh, acts to lead up to this headliner versus. I mean, this guy. Uh, Baby on his hip. Uh, so outside of the fact that you can tell these guys were studio singers, uh-huh. they, they, or age, I don't know if it was age, probably a combination of both. Them being they, had, they, they probably hadn't quite hit their grown man voice yet. They were probably just out of the high pitched baby voice. Not baby, right. but you know. Right, adolescence. Yes. Now these are mid to late twenty somethings and they That's sound hard. <laughs> right. They <laughs> sound horrible and really apparently did not care because they sang got up and sang some of these songs that we love <laughs> and it's almost like, Yeah, I don't love this song anymore if you're gonna sing it like this. I mean Ray J saying he's got that one wish wish one wish song. I wish you had one wish and something right. something. Yeah, yeah. And I mean he used that and I mean, just completely destroyed that song. Uh, and for well, his well, sister to be considered the vocal Bible is just like, wow, God. Right. You can right. give him a little bit more. Right, right. So, uh, Ray J got up there and did whatever he did. Uh, like, like, uh, Nika mentioned, he had his son holding his, the, <laughs> the clip I saw was he was, he was singing and went over to the side where his family and his, his, I think it was his son was standing, mm-hmm, 
and he wanted to bring the son on stage and the son was like, no. And was, was angling his position in his body language like, I do not want to go up here. Ray J ended up grabbing the dude anyway, threw him on his shoulder while he's singing. Little rather, about, he's like two, maybe three. He's maybe a little three. kid. Yeah, maybe three. A very three. small child. So he's got him on his shoulder trying to sing this one wish song and struggling it's just destroying, already. Destroying the song. Then he gets mad because the other singers, um, I can't remember who these cats were, uh, were harmonizing off in the corner. <laughs> While he's singing, he's standing there with the baby on his arm with this face like, I can't believe y'all over there trying to harmonize terribly, rather, because they all sounded, it was three of them, three different levels of horrible. Bobby Valentino, Sammy, and I don't know, is the other one from Pleasure Creek P? He was from one of the the boy groups, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they all sounded equally terrible. And what made it so funny was, like I mentioned, this was a versus, but the genuine, the genuine spirit of a versus is we're here with two artists here, same catalog, same type of sound. Everybody loved us. Let's sit here and be nostalgic and sing some Let's of these have songs. A good time. Your boy Mario was like, y'all I'm up here back. sound, <laughs> y'all up here sound terrible. And he took <laughs> multiple times throughout the show to tell. Jeremiah, because he came up and did that song, and he was like, yo, man, stop. <laughs> Literally, stop singing. <laughs> In the mic. Yo, y'all sound crazy. <laughs> In the mic. <laughs> Trying to get them to be quiet. Like I said, you know, uh, it just made it all just comedy. But then, like I mentioned... Eating the watermelon, I'm like... Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll getting there. So, okay. you know, Omarion, you know. And then, so, after the little pre-show people, you know... Uh, like I mentioned, Pleasure P and Jeremiah and all these other people came up and did their thing. Finally, the verses between Omarion and Mario starts. So they're doing their songs. Of course, like you mentioned, you would think they have a large catalog. I didn't recognize hardly any of these songs. I, I'll attribute that to me being a little bit older when they came out, so I really wasn't checking for them. But yeah, I'm, I'm still listening to music, so I still would have heard some of these songs. Didn't recognize any of these songs. So Omarion and Mario are going back and forth. Omarion sounds horrible. Like he didn't do sound check. He kept talking about he can't hear himself. He and didn't drink no yeah, tea. He nothing. didn't drink no tea. Obviously not hearing himself was probably a good thing on his benefit because it sounded terrible. And again, Mario Gate took every opportunity to be like, yo, man, you suck. <laughs> Meanwhile, again, I don't know that many Mario songs outside of the hits that came on in uh, BET and MTV. But I mean, he was like you mentioned, he was ready for battle. I mean, I ain't say he ain't no crooner, crooner, but you know, compared them to, <laughs> right? So he's hitting all the notes, singing all the songs, and clearly, very, very quickly, without in good shape, any, looking good. The rest of them was looking a little dusted and busted. Right, right. Very quickly, a winner was <laughs> declared. Right, right, at the right. very beginning. So then again, I guess up to Annie, you know, Marion kept changing clothes, he kept changing hairstyles. He was he worried about out, his look more than the actual performance. He brought out all these different stage dancers, his whole performance. That were bad. You know, and then he decides to up to Annie. He's singing the sexy song. Again, I never heard of it, you know, clearly playing to the women in the crowd. He decides to up to Annie and him and his brother 
bring out these watermelons to, I guess, simulate what they yes. would do to a yes. woman in this situation. Because but it just looked all, like they this was, all came across because they were on, they were just doing a regular post, I think, on social media a while back. And okay. they were just eating watermelon. It was just, you know, we out here. It was just like, chilling. you know, chilling type thing. And mm-hmm. then they saw all of the lust that they got from that. So my thought oh, is, oh, so there's a backstory. Kind of transition. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know any of the backstory. So yeah. I, I'm assuming most people didn't know either because they just come out and start eating watermelon. It's like <laughs> that don't. That's not the. That don't match. Right. That's the effect is not. That's not what you're getting from this effect. So that looked it awkward and out of place. And then, like I said, Mario. The whole time, it's like, yo, what is y'all doing? Stop it. <laughs> so finally, they get to their, you know, hits towards the end. And then, you know, then everything goes off. But it was just, it that was one of the most, uh, that's the one I watched the longest. <laughs> I watched the whole thing, too. it was pure comedy. And yeah, honestly, the- I didn't watch it, but I felt mm-hmm. like I did because Twitter did what Twitter does. Right, and right. I was dying as, as hard as I'm laughing on the show. I was laughing even harder because there have been people that have remade, uh, spoofed, uh, Ray J holding the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been watermelon spoofs. There have been trying to sing spoofs. There's been the dancing spoofs. It's been, it's been, it's been pure hilarity. It's a, a, a bit of levity in a very dark and, and heavy time. Right, right, right. Uh, definitely you did not have to watch the whole thing to enjoy the post game review for as it would be on social media, because, you know, it was a good time being had with the memes, like you mentioned. So (laughs) that was interesting. Like I said, I, I didn't, I hadn't heard about it. Wasn't on my radar. I was just laying on my, on my back exhausted. So I was like, let me watch some social media. And then boom, (laughs) I was in. You were in it. (laughs) I don't think I went Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and the thing is, it's, because Mario, not Mario, Omarion, he went in so hard to kind of make himself feel better after the whole thing. He went and started talking about his old bandmates. And so then his old bandmates exposed him. Oh, he boy. got exposed for, he was apparently on, what's the big song that Little Wayne had? She is completely, and Lloyd was singing. Some, some, is it the Braid My Hair song? I don't know. It was yeah, some big probably. song. Uh-huh. So apparently Omarion, was the original singer on that song, but okay. he started feeling himself and he leaked the song. So then uh, little Wayne was like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Pulled the song, pulled him out the song and got Lloyd to come in and sing the song. So it's uh, just like, apparently Omarion has been horrible for a really long time. Got you. Got you. So yeah, like you said, try to make up for it. He kind of dug himself a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. And right, he's still right. getting ate up in the, on the internet streets. Yeah, like I mentioned, you didn't like you mentioned, you didn't have to watch it to to get the uh the the gist of it enough to pretend to act like you were actually there. So Yeah. All right, all right. So that is it for for the culture. Uh we're going to move into the hookup. Um I'm getting more and more into my home automation. I finally decided, all right, let me start to remodel some of this stuff. So I'm taking out lights, taking out switches, putting in some nicer things, but in addition to that, I've been wanting to utilize shortcuts more 
For those who don't know, Shortcuts was is an app by Apple that's on iPhones, iPads, and Macs. Uh, they purchased the company from, they purchased the the rights and actually renamed the Shortcuts from another uh, app. I can't remember what the previous name of the app was, but anyway, you can run these macros to accomplish different things, right? One of the things you can do is you can use these shortcuts to do automations if you're using HomeKit. So in addition to that, I've learned that you can, uh, since your iPhone has a NFC near field communication scanner in the phone, which is what you use to like do Apple Pay. Like if you go pay for something, you use your phone, you're actually using your phone to do a, a NFC scan to actually pay for your products. Well, you can actually integrate NFC tags in the iPhone shortcuts to accomplish certain things. And in my case, to accomplish certain smart home functions. So I actually bought some NFC tags and they're about the size of a quarter, about the size. Some of them are white. Some of them are colored. Some of them are actual stickers that you can peel off the thing and stick them places. Well, I just bought some and actually programmed some of these NFC tags where when I touch it, I don't have to say, Hey Siri, I don't have to open up an app. I don't have to press a button. I can actually take my phone and based on this program, I can touch my phone to this tag and it'll actually fire off some different shortcuts. So like for instance, on my nightstand, instead of saying, Hey, turn off my light, I can actually take my phone touch the sticker and it'll automatically turn off my phone. So I did one for myself. I did one for my wife. I actually did one for my daughter. She has some of those LED lights in her room. Mm -hmm. When she goes to bed at night, she uses those as a nightlight. So she can actually take her phone, touch the little tag, and it'll automatically turn off the light. So that's my tip for the week. If you're into HomeKit, if you're into smart homes, and it it doesn't have to be Apple HomeKit, you can use NFC tags with Android. You can use them with uh, Google Home. You can use them with all the different carriers out there. You can actually utilize NFC tags to integrate into home automation or just general. If we're talking about iPhones, you can use them to actually program things. Like I've got a tag to where specifically for the podcast, I've set up one to where if I touch it, it will turn off my Bluetooth on my phone and my iPad because I use the AirPods for the uh, for the audio for this show. And I don't want them switching between my iPhone and my iPad while I'm in the middle of trying to do the show. So I touch this tag. It'll turn off my Bluetooth. It'll turn on my uh, on-air focus mode. For, for those who don't know, they've got different focus modes to where you can turn off notifications. You can do a whole list of things. So this one tag, it'll turn off Bluetooth. It'll turn on the focus and it'll also turn off my thermostat because <laughs> I'm down here in the basement and when the air cuts on, you can hear it in the microphone. So every time I have to manually turn off the thermostat, well, now that I've got this tag, I can touch the tag and it'll do all those three things. So that's my nice. tip for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my tip for the week. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to where you can get the tags that I purchased. But if you just go on Amazon or go on the web in general, and search NFC tags. They're pretty cheap. I bought like 50 of them for like $15. And I can use those and program those to do all sorts of things. So 
that's my tip for the week. Uh, definitely, like I mentioned, I'll put a link in the show notes to the ones I purchased. And with that, I think we're going to do it for this week's show. Uh, Nikki, if you would, tell the people where they can find you. Um, you can find me on all the social media outlets, particularly I'm mostly on Twitter. I am at TechSavvyDevo on all platforms. All right. And you can find me everywhere at Brother Tech. Uh, definitely keep up with our show. Uh, if you want to comment, you want to connect, you want to share, you want to watch videos. If you go to snoboscast.com, you can go and get the latest episodes. You can check out our content on YouTube. You can reach out to us on social media. You can do all those things. So if you would, definitely go to Snoboscast for all the details. We want to thank all of our supporters via Patreon. Again, if you go to patreon.com forward slash Snoboscast, you can catch this show live. You can interact with us while we're recording the show and you can get exclusive content that you won't find on this show. So definitely do that. And until next week, we are out. Peace. Bye, everybody.